Okay, I've started recording. I gotta pull up my script because I'm not good enough to keep everything memorized. <laughs> I got another podcast that I'm doing. I got like 110 episodes in, and I still don't have the intro and outro memorized after I have to read it every week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. I mean, it only took me like five years to be able to get the intro for my YouTube channel down. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Mike's got another three years to go. That's okay. time. Yeah, That's pretty time. much. Yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, everybody! Welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burt Popcorn. I am your co-host Mike Laidman, and I am joined with none other than Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia, keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Happy New Year, hun. Happy New Year. Yeah. 2020 is over. 2020 is over. Did it end well? We don't know because we're recording this before the New Year. It's not even Halloween. Not <laughs> but whatever. This episode, by the time you hear it, it should be 2021 as long as the world is still spinning on its axis. Uh, and we haven't flown it. into the sun. <laughs> don't need that bad juju. Let's not jinx it. Yeah. Well, it's a special episode. It's a and very special episode. It's a special episode for a few reasons. One being it's the first episode of the new year. One being that we have a special guest on this episode. <gasps> a very special guest. Very on special a, guest. On a very special episode. <laughs> Wait, who's, who's, special. who's a special guest? Who's a special guest? Well, I have no idea. I'm glad <laughs> you asked person who I haven't introduced yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's none other than Steve Snowball Sailor. How are you doing, sir? Hi. 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 I, I was kind of going for like a, a, a funny joke and uh, and you're supposed to yes and it there, Mike. You know, I'm just saying. Oh, yes. Okay. I blew it. <laughs> yeah, Should we start it, yeah. over again? No, no, no. no it's all good. Okay. Dude, keep this all in. It's all going in. How are yes. you guys? It's I, I try to edit as little as possible. I say that, but I know I don't. I edit a million things out of this podcast. Every time one of us snorts and sniffs and says, um, it's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. Um, I'm up. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Okay. okay, well, I'll leave that one in because otherwise your joke doesn't make sense. <laughs> but Steve. Hi. Steve, it's been so long. It has been so long since we've podcasted together. We've been friends for years. Mm -hmm. And I, God, I haven't seen you in person since I had no children. That's true. You were, you were childless when we last saw each other. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's insane that it's been that long since we've seen each other. Now, we've kept in touch over the, the internets. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, really, with the year that we just had, that's kind of the only way to keep in, in, <laughs> Very in contact. Very God, yeah. But you and I and, and Laura as well, we used to podcast all the time. Because, I mean, now, let's not, not, let's not kid ourselves. This is a big get for our show. You, sir... <laughs> Are big fish now? Oh yeah. my gosh! <laughs> but but you're a big fish in 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 the gaming circles. You now, when when I knew you, we we were lowly pop culture riffing goofy podcasters, and now uh -huh. you're a big fish in gaming accessibility. <laughs> and and we're so happy that you've come back to the mud and gunk to flop around with us and just chat about movies for a little bit. Well, I've been told so many times that I'm like, I'm not supposed to forget the uh, the little people. And uh, so oh, I see. So we are little, we are people. little people. Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, of course. I love you guys so much. So it's like, it's been a while and I'm like, yeah, when Mike mentioned that like he wanted to, he was doing this podcast with, with you, uh, with you, Laura. And I was like, okay, Laura's on. All right. I got to hop on. Okay. Would well, you want to know some a fun fact? Cause you're said it's been a while yes Do you want to know the exact last time the three of us podcasted together because i've looked this up oh 
Oh, yeah. Okay, wait, I'm now trying to guess. I want to say maybe, tw- was it 2015? Close. What about you? Any guesses? 2014. July 25th, 2014 was oh, the last time a podcast wow. with the three of us was on the air. Wow. 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 It's been a minute. That's crazy. (laughs) It's been over. It's been over half a decade. (laughs) It has. It has. The the amount of time it's been since we podcasted, we could have had another child that was the same age as the child we have now. And then another one who's almost that age. (laughs) Yeah. There's the thing too, even on my family side, my, uh, between that time and now my sister got married, my brother got married and my brother now has two little boys. There you (laughs) go. See, there you go. So it's two kids. (laughs) <laughs> in the time yeah. for, for yeah. us to wow. podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> but we are happy to have you here. Very and, happy. And we know that we picked a topic that was near and dear to your heart, which was why I wanted to invite you in in the first place. So for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn, we will be talking about The Matrix, which originally hit theaters yeah. back in 1999. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What is the Matrix? The Matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. What truth? Human beings are a disease. You are a cancer of this planet. And we... Or the cure. Get me the hell out of here! Welcome to the real world. So you're here to save the world. So what do you need? Guns. Lots of guns. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Let's rewind, shall we? Is that like a new thing that you're going to be doing? No. Okay, good. I like it, though. I like it. (laughs) It, it, it. (laughs) The year is March 1999. And you know what? Not a lot was happening. Oh, really? No, no oh. grisly murders for us to be. No, actually. Uh, good news. March twentieth, Legoland, California, the first Legoland outside of Europe, opens in uh, California. Oh, oh. That's, see, that's nice and wholesome. Yeah. Usually, you bring yeah. a lot of murder and death. Most to of our, them are anyway. <laughs> March twenty first, the seventy first Academy Awards for Shakespeare in Love wins Best Picture. Oh. Wasn't that like a huge upset or something? It kind of was. I feel like there was something else yeah. that was supposed to win. That- yeah, I had heard something about that. Uh, you should have looked that up. Anyway. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? Google's our friends. Hold on, hold on, let me look it up. Okay, so you said the 75th Academy Awards? 71st. 71st, okay. Academy Awards, all right. March 23rd, Livin' La Vida Loca is released oh, and goes on to sell 8 million copies. Oh my god! Making Ricky Martin a superstar. Do you remember how long it was before people were like, "That guy's gay," and and he denied it for a long time. Well, I mean, it was the it was the t- it was yeah. the late nineties, early two thousands. I'm aware, like, but I'm happy that he's you know he able to, to live himself. his truth. He lives his La Vida Loca. Yeah, 
<laughs> the way he likes. Wow. Okay. So I looked it up. You know what else was nominated for best picture that year? What? Saving Private Ryan. Oh, oh, that's oh, what it that's was. The, yes. That's the yeah. upset. Damn. Yeah, that was it because that movie is phenomenal. But yeah, okay. I, you know what? I remember that very, very clearly. You know what else I remember very, very clearly? What's that? This movie. Yes, that's mm. true. So, 1999 in general, what a great year. And even, you know what? This movie discusses how 1999 is the peak of humanity. And now that we're uh, done with 2020, they might have been right. (laughs) But anyway. It took 20 years, but you know, whatever. (laughs) Prior to The Matrix, box office darling Sandra Bullock's Forces of Nature was the top box office draw for a few weeks. The Matrix completely trounced it with a record-breaking April debut of $27 million and held that title for two weeks. It was beaten by the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence, but in its fourth week, it took back number one. And then it was beaten by, if you recall, Entrapment, oh, which yes. was then mm. beaten by our first Burt Popcorn movie, The Mummy. There you go. It's all coming around. Oh. Circling back. And as we previously discussed, the top movie of the year was Star Wars, but The Matrix was number five with $171 million domestic draw. That's that's not a lot. Now I think about it. That's like domestic. That is domestic. And 21 years ago. Hmm. We're only doing domestic just because it's a lot harder to do international when you start getting into older movies in the 80s and 70s and such because the records just aren't there. And like the worldwide box office in 1985 wasn't what it is in, you know, 1999. Like it's just there's places where like look at China. Mm, That's true. Which is such a huge draw for movies now that wasn't in the 80s and 70s because they just weren't letting them in and even now they don't let a ton of movies in but like it's just not comparable like a fair comparison so we are keeping it domestic to make sure like there is a good comparison to keep going yeah but i mean even 170 million like that's that's kind of like a a middle of the road sort of like blockbuster for like at least like a good summer blockbuster but that's today back then that's great numbers like that comparable let me see if i like real quick here because i'm thinking like because of course like like two years later we had probably like one or two years later we had spider-man and that broke the box up i think it was like 100 million or something that was the uh the first yeah it was like the first movie to be 100 million on a friday weekend weekend box office Yeah. yeah star wars star wars was number one with 430 one million, oh, but then it really okay. drops to two ninety three for six cents. And Toy Story two was two forty five. Austin Powers was at two oh six, and then it's The Matrix. So like oh. Star Wars just demolished everybody. But even then, The Matrix's budget was only six sixty three million, and worldwide it made four hundred sixty five million. So like this is a huge success on sixty million dollars. Okay, I guess in comparison to yeah, if Star Wars was four hundred domestically. Okay, that that kind of makes sense, and especially with like all the other movies that like were <laughs> beat it that year, that also makes sense too. And you want to know what's crazy? So, like the Forces of Nature movie with Sandra Bullock, overall its box office only made it was number one for a few weeks. It made ninety three million dollars worldwide on a budget of seventy five million. So a romantic comedy. That really isn't like special effects or anything because of obviously because of the star's earning power. That's really where, mm. where the big cost is. But really, in Matrix, nobody was a huge, like Keanu Reeves was the biggest star. And even then, his star at the time was really fading. So, like, it was fairly cheap to make, 
even with like all its money went towards like the stunts and stuff and like effects. And even then it was only 60 million versus 75 million for Forces of Nature for a budget. I don't wow. even remember what movie Forces of Nature it's is. It's not Ben Affleck in it too. Oh, really? It's yeah. a romantic comedy. It's a late 90s romantic comedy. I have no idea. No idea. Same. Normally when we talk about certain movies like this, we have at least some inkling of what it was. But hey, Ronnie I, Cox is in that movie. Hey, Ronnie Cox. I love Ronnie Cox. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was like then. What do you guys remember about this movie when it came out? Because Steve, let's go with you. You're our mm-hmm. guest. You can go mm-hmm. first. Okay. When this movie came out, did you see it in theaters or did you have to wait until later to see it? No, actually, I had to. I, I waited till later. It wasn't by choice. I think it was just kind of one of those. I don't think I remember it coming out. I remember hearing about it and and seeing like some of the trailers, maybe on like on TV or like Entertainment Tonight or something like that. But I think because it was a R-rated movie, I think if I remember correctly, I was still kind of like in that just before I could be like before the age of 18 right, where I right. could still like I could actually be able to watch it. But it was it, I, I didn't see it until I, I want to say it came out on, on DVD or on VHS because I remember watching it for the first time at a friend's birthday party and we had to watch it on like on a 20 inch TV that even with sitting near it, I still couldn't really see that well. So I was mostly like hearing the matrix more than just watching the matrix. But I remember uh, at some point figure it out through the code almost. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, like I could kind of understand sort of and seeing what's on the screen, but it wasn't really that, that great. But I do remember at at some point uh, I was living near a place that had a, a video store that I could be able to rent it. And I remember I I would go there frequently to rent a ton of movies. And I remember, yeah, I remember actually going in and bringing it home. And I, I fell in love with it. I absolutely uh, thought it was absolutely amazing. Now, actually, I just want to bring this up real quick. And I know this is a story that you've told on other podcasts before, but I don't know if Laura knows it because I want to bring this up. You were a big fan of like the matrix world in general, and this is going a little bit past the movies itself, but you kind of owe the Matrix itself for where the path that you are on right now, kind of a thing. Like, yeah, yeah. So what had happened? What happened was, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah, I fell in love with with the the movie in general, and then when it was announced there was going to be two sequels, and it was basically going to turn out to be a trilogy, I was really excited about that. I remember I wanted to go see both of those in theaters, and I, I think the very the very first movie I saw in the theater by myself was Matrix Reloaded and I loved it and then I saw the teaser at the end for Matrix Revolutions and I was so excited to be able to see that one too and even with all the all the criticism of it I I still love loved the story as a whole but what got me really into it kind of changed my career was or gave me the path to my career was it was a game called the Matrix Online and it was very much like an MMORPG or massive multiplayer online game kind of similar to like World of Warcraft and even that, actually, then World of Warcraft was probably the biggest game at the time. And I was somehow got into the beta of the game, um, which was the first time I ever had that kind of like access into a game before it came out. And I thought it was like really cool. It continued on the story from after the movies. And uh, it actually had a really neat mechanic where essentially they actually had the team at the, at the studio were running 
the characters from the movie as if they were a player character. So you can be able to interact with Morpheus and Niobe and, and the Merovingian. And they actually had people behind those characters actually controlling them, which was something that I thought was really cool. But I found in there, I found this at randomly. I can't actually even remember specifically how I found it. But I remember I was playing and I walked into like a club within the game itself. And I saw a lot of people dancing. And I saw like one player in behind the DJ booth. He had a nickname of like of DJ something. I can't remember. But it said RFZ was was his clan tag. And I was like, what's RFZ? And it, I, I, I put in the chat and it said it was Radio Free Zion. And then I saw a link to a Winamp playlist thing. And I opened that up and it was a live broadcast called Radio Free Zion. And that DJ was broadcasting from within the Matrix. And they made it seem as if it was like this was a radio broadcast in the mega city in the game. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And so I, I, I found the website. And I, at the time, they were looking for DJs. And I never done any of that before. I did like a little bit of like acting in high school and, and stuff, but never really anything radio related. And I auditioned for it and I they liked my audition. They and they brought me on as a DJ. And I remember my very first sort of shift, quote unquote, on air was for this big, large party that the station was having. And I was streaming to about, I think it was like anywhere between like two to four thousand people i think and at the time in like early 2000s streaming online anything you couldn't even get any of those numbers at all so it was that was a lot and i would be chatting with people listening and stuff like that and i fell in love with it and i immediately was like okay creating content broadcasting radio that was where i wanted to go and and uh, spend the the rest of my life doing and uh, that's what kind of got me into into the career that i'm uh, at today I think that's such a great story and it's so cool. So try to top that with your memories, Laura. <laughs> I remember renting this from the local video store <laughs> and I went out and bought a cool fake leather trench coat. Ooh, and... See, that was the thing. You, you got a one up on me. I never had a trench coat. <laughs> and so that was, cool. I, it was right around the, it came out right. And like on VHS, right at the start of my goth girl phase in high school. Uh, so it really like lended itself to that. Mm -hmm. And I remember the boy I had a crush on would take my jacket and pretend to be in the Matrix. <laughs> and I was okay with it because I was in love with him. <laughs> so that is really most of my memories of the 90s from this movie. <laughs> Wow. So no, did not top Steve's story. No, but you know what? Honestly, like, hey, it, it, it was a bit of a love story in there. So that, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely more interesting than my story. Again, like the two of you, I, I did not see the movie for the first time until until I watched it on, on VHS. I remember distinctly getting it from Blockbuster. We were a Blockbuster video family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember that the thing that really stuck out to me more than like, at first, I thought the movie was amazing, but the thing that really stuck out to me was the soundtrack. Mm. And and my brother, my brother is like he's a musician, he's big into music. He had a copy of the actual soundtrack on CD, and I would steal it from him all the time and listen to it. And I remember that that got me into a bunch of other bands based off of their music in the movie. Like for example, the lobby scene. Yeah, the music in that scene is is pretty iconic. Well. 
I don't know what made me think like, oh, well, I guess that's what all of the music by this band might be like. So I actually went out and I found it because the band that does that song, I can't remember the name of the song, but the band is the Propeller Heads. And I went out and I got the album that that song comes from. It's presented entirely different on the album than it is presented in the movie and on the movie soundtrack. It's actually a very different, like a slightly different mix. And I remember I really liked it, but it was just like, this is not quite the same tone as the the matrix music like there, there's like it's all like techno with samples and stuff like there's a song that's about like race car driving and <laughs> you know and and i always thought but but that's what I, I i think of the matrix i think of that music and then i think of that band and and things like that i also always remember i never had it but it was something i always wanted was there was an action figure that mcfarland did the action figures for this movie and there's one of, and it's it's from the same scene. It's the lobby scene, and it's Neo doing the handstand oh, while he's shooting yes. the guns. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah, oh my god! And I always wanted that action figure, and I could never find it. And looking back, that is a terrible action figure. Amazing, <laughs> because like it's just like such a simple like. You, you know, when you get you get a nice action figure now, you can pose it anyway. You know, there's like 15 different ways you can pose it. That one, it's like, it's this and only this forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. So I have something to show you. I know this is in the video podcast, but I was like, I had I had to show you all this. So you remember that big kind of like DVD box set that it came with when like when all the three movies were out? Yeah. And it had like a, a sort of the, I guess, like the Neo statue that came with it. I was going to say, that's it right behind you on the shelf. That is it. That's yeah. the, and I, I literally have had this probably for yeah close to almost 20 years and for those listening it's basically a neo bust i guess from his chest up or whichever and it's like he's surrounded by a bunch of uh coils and power lines and stuff like that from like the real world and uh you get like a bit of like matrix code coming up yeah from he's the like coming out of a tv it looks like uh yeah it kind of does actually I don't know, it's some sort of like block of something, but I lost the, the sunglasses years ago. Uh, I don't know where they went, but I think they kind of like broke off or whatever. But uh, yeah, I've had this, yeah, for almost now uh, 20 years. So it's one of my pride and joys. Well, he's not coming out of a TV. He'd be coming out of a computer, oh, computer screen. Computer monitor, sorry. Computer screen, sorry. true. That makes more sense. Because they, they also did Trinity and Morpheus in those busts too. Did they oh, really? that's right. Yeah. I only remember that one because I remember the DVD set. Like, the, I remember the box, it was all clear, and then one side was the statue, and the other side yep. was all the DVDs. Yep, that's why I still have that. Like, the DVD set is like, it's in a, it's another box, but I have like the, I have the bust, I have the original Matrix on DVD, I have the Blu-ray on, uh, of the first one, and then I also have the, I don't, uh, hold on. <laughs> oh, that's I have the Matrix. I have the Matrix Online magazine that came with the pre-order. The official. Of, wow. Magazine. Yeah, that came. Uh, it was because it, 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 well, I, of course, I pre-ordered the game when I got it. But uh, of course, it, it, like it came with like a whole a whole magazine uh, promoting the game. <laughs> it's. It, I don't know. It's like it's. There's a whole bunch of like st- like strats and stuff like that from the uh, in the game itself and what you can be able to do and and I I can't believe I still have that. Unfortunately, I also still had the box like the uh, the original box that the matrix online came in but unfortunately uh, oh, I, had a fl- right. I had a flood earlier this uh this year or in 2020 mm-hmm. and uh and unfortunately it was sitting in the bottom of a box and it uh it got ruined so this is the last remnants of the game that i still have <laughs> uh well i mean yeah that's kind of a bummer it is kind of a bummer it's okay you know, though <laughs> <laughs> stiff upper lip right steve 
Yeah, there you go. It's fine. I got I got plenty of other stuff that I like a Matrix memorabilia that I can uh, I'm okay with. That's true. You still still got that nice statue. <laughs> exactly. And you got your Blu-ray copies, which you know, let's get let's get into watching our copies because we it's funny we have the same DVD copy that I can see sitting on your shelf, but we watched it on Netflix. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, same. Well, I mean, well, I, I I wanted to watch it because. The Netflix version is the HD version. And I'm like, you know what? Every so often we watch one of these movies and we catch things on rewatches that we never caught in the originals. And sometimes that's because of the quality. So I'm like, let's watch it in the best quality that we possibly can. And maybe we'll find some fun things tucked away in the movie. You know, we never caught before. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. so with that in mind, let's get into actually rewatching the movie. And I want to start this off because this is the first thing I wrote down when it came to the rewatch. And something I never really thought about at the time. Cause at the time I was just watching the movie as like, Oh, you know, this is a movie. The, the CRT and the code is like, they, they do it at the beginning. They do it at the end. Mm-hmm. That's such a great framing device mm-hmm. for this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that considering the content and, and what it entails, the way that, 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 you know, everything is all about the, the CRT style and, and, and things like that. I just thought that it, it is a, it's a fantastic way to surround through the film as it were. Yeah, I agree. Like I, and like aesthetically it was like, I wish I remembered how I felt watching this movie for the first time when I was like 15, 16 and seeing those credits start where everything's like that really hyper green yeah. and just like, as I'm sure that would have been like, cause even watching it now and like, I know that's how it opens, but even watching it now, it's like, that is such a cool effect. And I kind of wish, and there's a lot of moments like this watching these old movies, like where it's like, oh, to experience this again for the first time when it was nothing else like this had really happened, like on a widescreen, like not widescreen, but like wide audience level. It was like, it was really aesthetically cool. Like my first introduction to like cyber goth and all that. Because again, remember, this is the sort of the start of my, my high school goth girl phase that I never truly grew out of. (laughs) Your heart's always there, right? (laughs) I will always be a 16-year-old goth girl. Let's be real. (laughs) I love that. The next thing is, speaking of things that have also, I would say, you know, changed in the last 21, 22 years at this point, Trinity, her name, not who she is as like a person, but like to Neo, she's famous, right? Well, at first he's like, I didn't realize you were a a girl mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. and two he's like oh trinity you're the person blah blah, blah. And man remember the internet in the late 90s where like trinity was an available screen name <laughs> whereas yes. like now it's like you're lucky to get like d's nuts underscore 420 69 xx2 it's like hey, oh don't man, give away your you're, password <laughs> you're you're this super long screen name where all the o, like zeros or o's and blah 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 just to like try to get like a screen name that's unique it's like well you know it's funny actually i i I hopped on stadia the other day for the very first time i tried out i tried out stadia and when i was signing up for stadia it's like what do you want your username to be and i'm like well stadia has been out for a while so i feel like my my normal username like the one that i use on playstation which i'm still shocked that i managed to get my my playstation username without it being like a string of numbers afterwards. I, I dropped it in and I'm like, let's give it a shot. And it said, yup. And I'm like, no way, no way. And then I finished signing in and then this thing popped up. That's like, your name will probably have a crap ton of numbers after it, but to you, it will appear like this. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, darn. But, yeah. But that was funny uh, that you, you bring that up. 
Yeah, because like everything now, it's like I go to sign up for something where it's like a username and it's like, okay, here's what I usually use. Nope, taken. Okay, let's try some underscores. Nope, taken. Okay, let's throw a number on it. Nope, taken. Yeah. Taken. Taken. So could you buy like now to make this movie? It's like, oh, you're this famous hacker, super long screen name with it's like <laughs> No. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, it's funny because, like, nowadays, like, a username is sort of like that's your like location. Like, you kind of like own a, like a part of sort of the internet. Like, it's a, but it, back then that was like your identity. That was your handle. Yeah. I, I was also just recently watching the the classic movie Hackers that has nothing nice. to do with hacking whatsoever. <laughs> no. But I remember that conversation of being like, you, you, you can't be a hacker unless you have a handle. And I was like, yeah, like that kind of makes sense. Even for the Matrix at that time, like you like they were all hackers and you had to have like a handle in order to be able to kind of differentiate yourself from the world. And I was still like, even to this day, I kind of think like, how the heck did like uh, did Mr. Anderson get the hacker name Neo? Like. I know, right? He must have been like one of the first people on the internet in like 1992, like 16-year-old Thomas Anderson just like coding away in hyper green. I'm (laughs) hacking the Matrix. Because I get like Morpheus. Sure, that might be a little bit harder to find. Trinity, yeah, maybe. But Neo, that kind of... Like Cypher? Like yeah, cipher, like all this yeah. like, mouse. Like, come on, yeah. mouse. That's right. <laughs> Do you think Tank and Dozer's real name were Tank and Dozer because they were like homegrown yeah, humans? Like, God, they were they never in even, the Matrix. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they wouldn't have needed to have a hacker name. So I guess that Tank and Dozer. I guess that that that's just yeah, that was their actual names. But yeah. if their parents were like from the Matrix and like escaped and then had them, it's like they they everyone's known by their like. You know, their hack, na- their, you know, their, like their, their real name is my real name is Neo because like Neo's like, my name is Neo, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I guess to them, Tank and Dozer are more realistic names than like Mike and Steve. Well, that's it. Maybe they showed yeah. up and they're like, hey, we're joining your crew, Morpheus. Okay, what are your names? Well, I'm Mike and I'm Steve. Oh, that's. <laughs> That's stupid. We got Yeah, we got to change that. <laughs> it's like yeah. you're big and you're bigger. Tank, Dozer, done. done. <laughs> Yeah, because even technically, I guess, like any time that Neo is ever referenced, like his his what they call I remember from even the game, the the RSI or the residual self image is his alias was technically like Thomas Anderson. And yet he's never really called Thomas or Tom at any given point in the movie other than through Mr. Smith. And then even after that, he's like he just calls him Mr. Anderson and then that's it. I forgot that he even had a first name. Same. Agreed. Completely. Agreed. Until I, I was looking at the credits, writing the notes. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but and that's so like one of the things that because like i didn't remember this at all but like he's a software developer right? Yes. like he's developing software in the 90s and he's working for this huge software firm and like okay that's fairly cool and realistic but at the same time he he gets in shit for being late for work and the boss is like do you care about this job blah 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 because he's out partying all night the night before right? he's follow the white rabbit yep and he, but at the same time the night before he made two grand on a software sale like black yes. why does he <laughs> give a shit about this job when he's obviously making more selling like software on the black market like why does he care I, maybe this place has great benefits maybe. who knows uh, but maybe. like 
good casual Fridays or <laughs> yeah, like you know, like maybe they've got like an unlimited coffee policy where nah, you know what? They had good dental. That's what it was. Yeah, like that's what I'm th- I mean. It is the states. Maybe the the health insurance that from work was worth it. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> 1999, maybe yeah. Yeah, so I'm just kind of like I'm watching. I'm like, man, two grand in '99. That's probably like probably close to like three and a half at this point which is a lot of that's like a month's salary plus right like that mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well if he makes one sale a month on the black market why does he because they're like if you care about this job and he you could tell he's like oh fuck i can't lose this job and i'm like i'm pretty sure he can afford to lose this job <laughs> especially the, the with the apartment that he lives in oh he's <laughs> i mean though he is in new york right so that apartment is probably like five grand a month so maybe, <laughs> maybe he does need maybe. that job was it New York? Because I always kind of thought of it was like the mega city. I think that was kind of. I think yeah, but, but like they use they use New York, yeah. They, they sort of alluded that it was kind of like New York esque, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be realistic, right? Like the Matrix were supposed to be the peak of civilization, which was you know humanity in 1999. Which again, I'm kind of like, oh boy, <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but no, so maybe like the the Matrix has set it up that like. Yeah, New York City. He's living in New York City, and that's where his brain put him. So, yeah, yeah, who knows? I think it could have been possibly like maybe that was his sort of alibi just in case if he ever got caught or whatever. So it's sort of like it was like so he was just putting in the bare minimum to keep the job. Even then, it's like, I guess, like, late or whatever. But, like, he, he, yeah, I think he just does the bare minimum just to kind of keep his job. And that's it. I think he just keeps that as a front. Yeah, and he's like stealing office supplies and like, you know, doing his own coding while he's on yeah. the company dime and stuff. Yeah. One thing I want to I want to get to before like we get too far into the movie, and this is a movie upon a rewatch. I just kind of put myself in this headspace. Could you imagine? And I remember I remember the trailers for this movie because it made me want to watch the movie too. Mm-hmm. Is could you imagine going into this movie and not having seen any trailers and just have it go from the beginning? to when he's revealed, like what the Matrix is, is revealed. Because to that point, there is nothing, like the way the movie is set up, it's not like they they start, you know, in the real world and then go into the Matrix and then explain to Neo. It's just, you are on, on the same ride as he is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is one of those movies that if you've never seen the trailer before and, and then you go into it, I, another movie I, I always give as an example of the trailers ruined the potential of this movie is Terminator 2. Mm. If you go into that mm. movie not knowing that Arnold is the good guy mm. when he's revealed to be a good, the good guy is insane. If you go into this movie not knowing what the Matrix is, like, could you imagine being back in 1999 and being like seeing an ad in the paper and being like, I like Keanu Reeves, let's go, you know, like, because back then there'd still be ads in the paper. Yeah. You know, and then you go to the movie, not seeing an ad for it. This would blow your brains out your head into the toilet, flushes itself. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I, honestly, I think actually it kind of still did, even if you knew sort of, because I remember like the movie was sort of before I watched it, it was explained a bit to me of like what, what, like what the concept of it was. But even then I still didn't even like clue in like, what do you mean? Like real world matrix, like when it's computer simulation, I had no idea about any, like I was, I, I was like, I don't know. I was, that was a 17, 18 year old kid. I just, I had no idea about any of that stuff. And so even going in, like when I watched it, I still remember actually that it was kind of like, it, by the end of it, I was, my mind was still blown that I was like, I was thinking, I'm like, 
are we in a matrix? Are we yes. in a simulation? <laughs> I don't know. And I think a lot of us did. And I remember actually, uh, there's a mutual friend of ours that I remember him telling me that he uh, was spoiled of the, I guess, the the twist of, I guess, of the, uh, of the real world, the matrix through entertainment tonight when they did a behind the scenes of what the movie was. And it, he got it like, they were like, what is the matrix? Well, it's this. And, and it got explained to him like through entertainment tonight. And he's like, well, now I know what the movie is. And I kind of wish I went in fresh, but I'm like, I think even with knowing some of that, you don't really know 100% until you like experience like the whole context of everything. And even still, it's like if you didn't walk away from that movie, seeing it for the first time and not be blown away, like you're 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 a cynical person and I don't want to hang out with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, even like. The thing of things that were in the trailer that would, you know, get your attention is the effects in the mm-hmm. movie. And yes. and one of the things that we kind of blew past when we started talking about Anderson was the the opening scene where Trinity Ooh. does for the very first time the the jump kick in the air where it's the first use of bullet time in the film. Yeah. And I remember that being in the trailer. And I remember being like, this is a reason I need to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Plus is- carry on Moss in like tight leather. Well, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, but. (laughs) (laughs) Why not, right? But, yeah, like, right off the bat, there's some amazing effects where, like, between the the bullet time shot and then her jumping from one building to another, even in the, you know. And she does, like, the dive through with the spin. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, like, just that stuff was was just great. So, even if you were like, I don't care about the rest of this, the the effects stuff was something that probably got you, you in the door. You know, what's interesting, too, is like even when I was kind of like looking back on it, like how they did sort of that effect. And it's like, yeah, nowadays we sort of like kind of take for granted. It's like, oh, you can just do it through CG and kind of just do like a a freeze frame or whichever. Like there's ways to be able to do it in like software nowadays. But back then they literally had to set up an array of, of multiple like cameras, like picture cameras and literally take a photo at the exact same time so that they could be able to kind of get that warped sort of spinning effect to it. And they did that for pretty much every time that they had to kind of do that effect, even with the the famous shot of the bullet time with Neo on the roof, like that itself, like it was literally just a row of cameras kind of set up in a way that kind of had like this, that when you slice them all together, it sort of created this cool like circular motion. And, and it was, yeah. And they just kind of just shot it all. And like, it was like three seconds was the, like the actual shot or something like that but then like kind of splicing all together and they can speed it up slow it down and that was that was revolutionary at the time for sure mm-hmm. oh for sure and then everybody in the world started stealing oh it. My yes. God. yeah it became yes. such a thing that's like oh it's bullet time bullet time yeah. every movie for the next few years had bullet time in it like it was just so like every action movie it was mm-hmm. crazy yeah and then can i just speaking of like effects and stuff some of the effects i forgot made me like like the the bug oh, in his yeah. belly button. Yeah. Oh my that god! Part, oh, I forgot all about that. Still freaks me out to this day. Like, not just, like it's it was the it's the bug going in the in the belly button, but then also when they're taking it out. Like, I know the whole oh. thing. Ugh. And then yeah. like, he doesn't remember it, and he's like, "That was real." It's like, "Oh my god!" That, that was the moment that I realized, "Oh shoot, there's something weird going on in this movie." Like, I, I mean, you, see, you sort of see stuff that's weird like, by that point, but there's something really off. Like when you start to see, like, wait, like he swallowed a pill, and then no, it wasn't even a pill. It was, it was like literally just they, there was like a bug that was kind of planted in him. And, and it was just like, oh, that's right. It was in the interrogation scene. That's right. And it's like, yeah. Like, I was like, well, what the heck is going on? And then to see, like, it come out and then it just turns into, like, this, like, little, de- like, homing beacon device. 
I was like, oh, okay, this is this is taking a turn that I did not expect. Yeah, well, like uh, one of the things that I, I noticed on this rewatch that like the scene when Trinity is escaping at the beginning and she just makes it out. If you remember yeah. when she because the truck, the agents take over the truck and drive into the phone booth that she's in. Yep. I remember that scene, but what I don't remember is they do not show the agent take over the person driving the truck. I remember it being like, oh yeah, an agent tries to smash her when she's in the thing. But like on a rewatch, I was like, oh wait, they don't show it. So for anybody who is like we were talking about before, has no idea what's going on. They don't realize that an agent is taking that guy in the truck over. Mm -hmm. They just assume that the truck is just one of somebody who's after her kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and then you see later on when the agents start to, to body swap with people that, Oh, that's more than that's like likely what happened. But yeah, like I, for, I just, in my brain remembered like, oh yeah, an agent takes over this truck and turns over and then they don't show it. And I'm like, oh wait, that's brilliant. That's another, you know, hiding of the magic that's going on before the curtain is opened and you see everything up later. It was a cool way to kind of do that reveal uh, in in that specific way because you still kind of see the agents as like, okay, there's some sort of secret government organization, FBI, CIA, or some like whatever, like the MIB, I don't know. <laughs> you see, like you got like you get the fact like you get the idea that there are definitely some sort of covert government uh, thing. And it was it's only then it's like when it's slowly revealed of like who the agents actually are that it's just like throughout the entire movie that you like you get what like what like you get to sort of think in your head and your imagination starts to think like exactly i remember thinking the same thing of like oh yeah the agent takes over the bus driver the truck driver and just kind of plows into the into the phone booth but yeah and you're right like now i remember it's like okay i remember the truck stopping and then turning and then ramming right into the into the phone booth but i don't remember yeah ever seeing that the the person turn into an agent which is uh yeah it's i like that sort of like slow reveal throughout the whole movie of who the agents actually were yeah there's little like hints before big reveals besides everything else like perfect example is in the scene when they are driving and they take the bug out of him yep what's what's the blonde woman's name i don't remember her name oh it's like stitch or something like that i'll uh, you look it yeah, up yeah yeah i know who i know yeah, yeah. Like, all i remember her is like the only one i remember is like not like this not like this. yeah that's yeah. her yeah, her. When, <laughs> yeah. When, when they're in the scene and she pulls the gun on him and she's like you know you like sit still pull up your shirt she calls him switch. copper top switch that's switch the, yep she calls him copper top which is a, a nice right. hint that he's a battery for the machines before that uh, reveal, I, and, and and that was something that I didn't catch until like until this rewatch. I didn't I didn't catch that at all. I forgot about that. The copper top, yeah. Oh man, wow. Yeah, you're right. There's fun little dialogue reveals like that. Like mm-hmm. this is jumping ahead a little, but when he goes and sees the Oracle, I remember the Oracle telling him that he wasn't the one. Yeah. But there is dialogue in this scene that I never caught until this rewatch. Is she says, "You got the stuff." but you're not ready yet. Yeah. I don't know what you're waiting for. Maybe your next life. And I'm like, oh, wait, she's talking about it later because he dies and then comes back. So it is his next life that mm-hmm. he comes back and he's the one. Like, I, that's something that I just never caught. I was, re- I remember that, like, she said that you're not the one. And I remember that, like, 
I guess she was. And she said, one of you will die. Yeah. Yeah. And and also Morpheus, you know, says that you wanted, she told you what you needed to hear kind of a thing. And that's, that's what I just expected. It was, was, oh yeah. She was just telling him that he's not the one because what he, that's what he needed to hear because he needed to believe it for himself. But meanwhile, no, she just straight up says, no, you're not the one, but maybe you will be later after you've died. And then he dies and comes back and he's the one. Yeah. And then he's like, he can see all the code and da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, that's you bring up a kind of an interesting uh, kind of point just in and of itself. Like, the, the, it's one of the reasons why I love watching The Matrix so often is that every single time I watch it, I'm always picking up something new that I hadn't caught on before. There are so many layers of just lore and story and the world and the universe that it's in that you just kind of like, you just pick up, uh, like, if you especially watch the, the trilogy as a whole, there's just so many layers uh, of everything happening like everything from just like the the cyberpunk side of things to sort of the anime side of things to sci-fi to even philosophy like i learned several uh, like like tenets in philosophy based off of this movie and like the plato's allegory of the cave like that is pretty much the the whole concept of the matrix just in and of itself and i would not have learned any of that if it wasn't for for this movie or at least understood it based on this movie and like even bring up the oracle scene like there's i watch that all, like so many times i'm still confused half the time about every time i watch those scenes but i like i learned something new every time i watch it one negative that came out of this stupid freaking movie one negative okay okay not this movie isn't stupid but what has come out of it it's like remember when and it's now changed to different stuff and like this is all and this is the thing right like because for a long time the idealism blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the red pill oh uh, right yeah i don't want to talk about it for very long but if there's one thing about this movie I could just get rid of is all this red pill bull crap. Because, like, all these guys who are like, oh, you got to take the red pill or whatever and wake up and blah, blah, blah. Because you're a, a privileged young white man who's so oppressed. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, no, you're doing just fine. But it was like this whole culture of, like, young adult white men who it's like wow life hasn't been handed to me on a silver platter like i expected to because i'm a young white man mm-hmm. burn it all down mm-hmm. fuck women <laughs> yeah so anyway that's the one thing i would i remember watching the, well again when we watched this movie i when i watched it i was like oh right that's where this came from i'm not gonna lie i thought the same thing when he was like i remember the, the when the pill scene was happening i'm like Oh yeah, that whole thing. Like, yeah. like, just and, like, like yeah, the whole, yeah. like, nobody calls it that anymore because like they've changed to their we, the red pill became I guess incels, which became like this and then blah, and they're all just now Trump fans and everything. So I mm. mean, like it's like the people who are part of that are just like they just jump from the next thing to the next thing to like satisfy their fragile egos. But it's like well, good they can keep jumping as far as they want away from this movie and yeah. just jump, jump, jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> makes makes you kind of wonder if uh, whether the whole idea of being woke came from the Matrix when you can oh, wake true. up in the real world. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, I just want to touch on that real briefly, and Mike can edit out as much of it that as he'd like. That is me just being like, Ugh. no. Honestly, I th- I think you're right. 
I think you're right. I hate that that's what sort of the the movie, or at least the, the kind of concept of it kind of turned into. Because, I mean, like you're right. I mean, it is very much a movie that is based on a white male that is going to save the world. And uh, there's so many movies that are very much like that. I mean, even thinking back on it, it is still pretty, like, inclusive in the fact that we you had, like, several even people of color that were essentially leaders and captains in this, where mm-hmm. we did, at the time we weren't really seeing a lot of that it like like fully portrayed in in film and which was really cool and then of course like even being inclusive further like they weren't at this point but the Wachowski brothers and now they're just the Wachowskis and they are like their whole like a kind of philosophy of change kind of uh, uh, from from this movie and and I love the fact that it's like if that's they're now like able to express who they truly like, who they truly are and I love that so yeah it's like I agree yeah I kind of wish that that sort of would kind of go away but I understand. Yeah, I understand your kind of um, like your dislike of that because I was like, yeah, you, that, now I think about it. It's kind of. <sighs> it's, well, it, it's, it's funny. I mean, basically, just based on what you said, it's funny that that exclusive of a movement came from something that was produced by people who are so progressive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah. The end of the, but like, and I understand like because like Neo really could be anyone. Like, it yeah. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But and even then, Keanu Reeves is not like he is white passing but he's not caucasian so he's not really like like he's white passing but his background is largely asian and hawaiian oh interesting so like again so the the term is white passing because if you were to look at him on the street you'd go that's a white man but that's not his background so like as much as like the movie is a fair bit of like a white savior complex now we're getting pretty deep on that stuff (laughs) but he's not caucasian he's white passing Hmm, interesting. So there's something more for you. Boom, boom, yeah, because I always thought that like the the way that I mean, Keanu Reeves, yes, he's recognizable in in this in this film, and and he had definitely some hits before this. I think Speed was probably his biggest one before uh, the Matrix. Are we discounting Bill and Ted? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, if you want to go further <laughs> no, back, then yes, Bill and Ted. <laughs> I would say Speed is much more notable than Bill and Ted, <laughs> right? Um, but the, like, I sort of took it as like he. He looked sort of like the like average white male, like kind of like the sort of the default skin that you would get in whenever you're creating like creating a character in a video game. Like that's the that's the default average white dude that's good. And I'm like in the in the movie that kind of makes sense because it's sort of like he's supposed to be average, but in reality he's sort of the the savior of mankind, whatever. So there was a bit of there was a bit of that. But uh, now that you think about it, sort of like as like he was white passing, not necessarily Caucasian. I was like, okay, that kind of adds a little extra layer of it that I hadn't thought about it before. Yeah. So Keanu Charles Reeves uh, was born in Beirut, even though he's Canadian, but his mom is English and his dad is from Hawaii and he's Chinese, English, Irish, native, native Hawaiian and Portuguese. Wow. There you go. So Keanu has quite a mixed background, but again, white passing. So there you go. Well, one of the things though that I think- I mean, his name is Keanu. (laughs) This is true. Mm, Yeah. But one of the things I was going to say was at the time, as you kind of established there, he was, Keanu Reeves wasn't a big star. So for someone essentially to be more- like the, the, I think this movie benefits from the fact that the lead is not an enormous star at the time. No, he was. This was kind of his um, Pulp Fiction for John Travolta. Right. Is it Matrix was like his comeback. Yeah. I was about to say this was his. This was his Pulp Fiction. One hundred percent. Like this really brought him back, and then his star faded again, 
and then John Wick has again brought it back. Yeah, but like like a lot of Hollywood stars, right? They they fade in and out. Like, I, yeah. But the point I was going to make is I feel like the fact that he at the time he was not yeah super for sure. big is to this movie's benefit. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. like it's I think it's fairly well known that Will Smith was originally considered and he passed on the movie. And yep. I feel like the movie would have been very different had it been Will Smith. Like, oh yeah, like, you know, there would have been like the, the everybody's in the Matrix. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never again. We would have had a Matrix rap, and now I'm upset. <laughs> There's still time. The fourth yeah. one's coming. True, true, true. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're filming it right now as uh, as we're recording this, which is which is. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. This and John Wick Four are going to come out pretty close together. I mean, Ooh. who knows when movies are actually going to come out? We drove by a movie theater today, and it was kind of like I know Ooh, I haven't been to a yeah. movie in a long time, and we didn't. And that's same. the thing. And I I didn't even really get like like let you quote unquote we didn't go to the movies a lot in 2019 either because like we had an infant at home and like admittedly i i had a lot of postpartum anxiety and i'm still not really comfortable with the idea of like leaving him more than absolutely necessary with like a babysitter so we didn't go to the movies a lot because i I was like uh, you were like well my parents can watch him and i was like "Mm, but i could watch him if i remember I i went overall i went to three movies and two were without you yeah, we saw Spider-Man. Spider-Man was my first oh, outing. So four movies then, because we saw Avengers in at the drive-in. We took him to the drive-in. We, took him to we the saw drive-in. Toy Story oh, at the nice. drive-in. Yeah. And then he got too big to put up with the drive-in. And we went and saw Spider-Man while your parents watched him. And then you saw a couple of movies. I saw Star me. Wars and Godzilla. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Wow. So that's all you saw in 2019. Yep. And like, and like I say it honestly, because it should be normalized, but it was, it was literally because of the postpartum anxiety, because I was like, I'm not leaving him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to be an asshole. Oh, we saw Captain Marvel at Stars and Stroller. That's true. That's also true. We took him in the middle of the day to see him, but I, I just, I wasn't comfortable leaving him with somebody else. I get that. I mean, and yeah. So, so, and then yeah. 2020 rolled around, and it was like, oh, can't go to the movies. Can't go to the movies either. at all so, for a whole yeah. completely different reason. Um, yeah. So we'll but, see. Like yeah. we'll Mike's see. favorite thing he can't do. <laughs> so sorry if I'd known. And no, we still wouldn't have gone. No, in we're 2019. still not going. We'll see yeah, that. no, but, I'm the same. Like, I, like Mike and I, like I know, like you and I, like we have our we have a mutual love of of going to see movies. Even just like we're okay with even seeing it by ourselves if we have to. But yeah, that's one thing I've kind of missed a lot in 2020 is, is going to the theater because I think I think it was a, like I don't think we ever actually did get to go see a movie together but there was several times that we were kind of like in this sort of same like we got a chance to see movies early kind of space which was which was pretty cool and I do miss those quite a bit so it'll be interesting to see like once the new Matrix comes out like how will that could we be able to go see in the theaters or are they going to put it out on video on demand like I I have no idea Hey, Mike from the future here with just a quick update. Uh, We did record this before the HBO and Max announcement. This is why you do not hear us mention this at all. I don't know. I honestly, it's probably going to be a long, long time before I'm comfortable going to a movie theater again. Same. Can't wait for that vaccine, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Moving, moving on. So anyway, movie. Yeah. Speaking of, it's funny because one of the things they talk about in this movie is humanity was united when we birthed AI. Uh, yes. I and can- all I could think is, in the last 22 years, we have learned very well that that will never happen. Mm-hmm. Or is it that we we learned that that's a possibility, so we tried to be able to make AI so that it wouldn't take over? 
No, not even the taking over. It's just the humanity united part. Oh yeah, oh, we that. can't oh, unite that was because the point of a you were global making. pandemic <laughs> to like conquer that. Yeah, we're yeah. boned. Yeah, humanity I mean, will never. Steve, I was on the same page as you. I, I was thinking because this is something I wrote down too. Is is Agent Smith's speech at the end of the movie where he's yelling at? Well, not yelling, but he's just preaching his gospel to to Morpheus. I was like, this takes on a very different tone in the age of like google assistant and stuff like that mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. where it's like yeah you built us to serve you and it's like well maybe i want to know what the weather's going to be like tomorrow you know like that kind of <laughs> i am always because we we have and it was so funny i and this is again a few months now in the future but i just got a tattoo and i was speaking with the tattoo artist we both said like how nice we are to the google assistant because like what if she takes over? I want her to be like, oh no, no, no! This one was nice to us. Yeah, when when because Google owns what Boston Dynamics. When those big dogs start raining from the sky in parachutes, mm-hmm. you know? oh those those robot dog things that terrify you. I Every hate time those I things. show you a video oh, of those, God, yeah. I could tell that your brain on a guttural level is terrified. I don't like. Okay, number one, it's they like keep claymation making, for me. They keep making smaller ones, so one yes. day a big one is going to run out and open up, and small ones are going to swarm out of it like a like a burst spider's nest and it's gonna be the end of us your yeah. face right yeah. now you're joking and laughing but it is a, a joke and laugh out of sheer terror it's, this is yeah. you're reacting yeah. to yeah. the fear we're laughing because we're terrified yeah. yes you can see it on his face he's actually horrified by this yeah. so how yeah. did you get through this movie no Hey, Mike from the future here again. I know that Boston Dynamics released a video at Christmas of breakdancing robots that was very cute, but I still don't trust them. And I never will. The thing actually, you even kind of an interesting point, like even of Google that I didn't even like had realized is that so like I have, of course, like a Google Home throughout my entire apartment and I have commands that will set up. And then like I remember one day, like I didn't even think about it. Like it was just it like I, I told it to do something. It did it. And then I instinctually just said, thank you. I was like I, I, out loud. I was like, I didn't even like it was just kind of I I just that's I was just being polite and just kind of like just like without even thinking about it. And then it responded. And said, yeah. yeah, not a problem. I'm like, oh, are you that? ever just like doing something in your home and like talking or like if you're on the phone or talking to somebody else and you say something and all of a sudden Google's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. And you're like, I was not speaking to you. Oh, yes. hundred percent. Why, 100%. I've why done are that. you listening? I've done that many Ooh. times when I'm recording some of my videos where all of a sudden it would be like, I couldn't find any information about looking into the Grand Canyon's butthole, but like, I, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh no, she's listening all the time. I, I was doing, I was doing a podcast because I, I have another podcast that I do called Part-Time Nerds, Full-Time Dads, where we talk about like tech and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about a Google event recently where they were announcing a whole bunch of new things. And I realized by the time it was over, you could hear it playing music in the next room and i'm like what it hurts talking it's just uh, i'm shocked that you can't hear it right now we've mentioned it so many times i know i'm sure she's like waiting for her moment at this point i haven't said hey Uh, yet i'm waiting for you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, okay i have a few because we're getting i think near the end of the movie here so one we're talking about the oracle telling neo what he needed to hear more she tells people what they need to hear and she told trinity that she would fall in love with the one. Yes. What we've seen in the movie so far is 
Trinity and Neo have barely interacted and said two words to each other. And she is, but, but then I was like, well, to be fair, you know, it's the apocalypse and there's probably not a lot of options. She's on a ship with almost entirely dudes. And I mean, Switch is pretty attractive too, right? She's got like a multitude of choice of people to, so she's not hurting for people to fall in love with. And I'm like, both Tank and Dozer seem like good choices to me. Cypher, no way. He obviously is a rat. But like, look at that goatee. And had. I'm like, look at that. Morpheus. Morpheus. Mm. Well, and Morpheus like, had somebody though. True, but we didn't know that way. She true. could have, she could have unrequited love. I mean, really. Fair. So she's a tons of choice here. But like Neo comes along. And I understand. Keanu Reeves, I get it. But like at the start, she seems very like whatever. This geek. And like by the she's like, I love you. And I'm like, why? Yeah, I remember actually in very, like some of the early viewings of of the movie. I remember, and it took me a kind of while to sort of get kind of figure out why that was like it sort of I don't know. It just basically I kind of sort of remember watching it. I was like, so Trinity was just destined to fall in love with the one, and it was almost like she was kind of like that sort of princess in the top of a castle, just waiting for her, her prince charming to kind of come in, and that was sort of the thing that the, the kind of the thing that was going through my head. I'm like, why? Why does she need that? Like, she's got a bunch of other dudes that she can hook up with. And there must have been like several attempts to sort of like think of like, oh, wait, is this person the one? Like before they got to Neo, it wasn't like that Neo was the only person mm-hmm. that they thought was the was the one. And, and this will even blow some some people's noodles in and of itself. I technically don't think that Neo is the one. I think oh. technically I, I I think Mr. Smith is the one. Oh, yeah. Well, I get it because, like, in your next life, because he merges with Agent Smith, so that yep. could makes it. But then, is Trinity in love with, with Agent Weaver? Smith? Mm, makes you think, huh? I do have a counterpoint, though. Oh, okay. and this was okay. a line that was at this is a this is a thing that I noticed in in this rewatch that I've never noticed before. At the very beginning of the movie, when Trinity has her escape scene, she has this quick back and forth dialogue with Cipher, and he says. You're watching him again, aren't you? And she has like this kind of pause and is like, yes, kind of a thing. Oh. So I took that to be because they they say things like we've been watching you for a while. I took that to mean as she's been keeping an eye on him. And so she's gotten to learn so, you know, about him through watching him and, and keeping track of him and mm. things like that. And that could, you know, like, I mean, let's get mushy here in real life. I knew you, my wife, who I have a child with, before we started to know each other. Like, before we were friends, you and I had an existing relationship where I spent time with you. I bought things from you. You worked at a store I went to. But I kind of had a feeling that I would have liked to have gotten to know you better before we sort of got to know each other, right? So, like, just from watching you and, and interacting with you. That sounds a little stalkerish. Doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, Let's not yeah. romanticize it's, that idea. It's less stalkerish than just staring at you from afar for a while before I actually got to know you. You raise right? a good, okay, you raise a good point. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I kind of forgot. I Not even just, I did forget about that part. So that makes sense because, like, Trinity is shown throughout the whole movie as, like, one, she's Morpheus's number two. Two, she's obviously 
exceptionally smart because Neo makes a comment about, oh, are you the person who hacked? It was like NORAD or something. Nora, something crazy like blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, I thought you were a dude. And like, she's like, nope. And like, obviously at the start, she's kicking complete ass. And like, she kicks ass through the movie. She's shown co-piloting the ship, like the whole thing. Like, she's super, super capable. And then at the end, it's like this moment of like, like Steve said, like princess in the castle waiting for the one. And it's like, no she's so much more than that so i'm glad you brought that up that like she had been watching him and like she knew so maybe her resistance to like even talking to him throughout the movie beforehand like where you don't see a lot of interaction is because like she's afraid of her own feelings because she is a strong confident woman and she doesn't want to be just summed up by being in love with the one yeah but think about it this way too okay so like mr smith didn't start to like become the one until near the end of the movie so by that point yes mm-hmm. you're right like she had been watching him or whichever and she w- but she also was told by the oracle you will fall in love with the one but also remember the same thing of what morpheus told neo the Oracle only tells in Trinity what she needs to hear. Mm-hmm. So in a way that was true to the moment, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Neo technically still is the one. It just mm-hmm. means that that tr- Trinity was only told what she needed to hear. Ah, see, good point. Good point. And then speaking of speaking of him being the one, because like we talked about in his next life. Mm-hmm. He like his next life. So he dies and Trinity brings him back by saying, I love you. And that somehow jump starts his heart. And it's like, well, that's not how that works. But, you know, <laughs> let's suspend some disbelief here. But all I could th- and I wrote it down. So he comes back and like the squid guys are coming through, which at one point early in the movie, they're like, they're machines designed only for killing. What do they do? Search and destroy. It's like they're literally designed only for killing. That's what they do. Why are you asking what they do? They search, destroy, they kill. They are Modocs. They machine or like they're designed only for killing. Anyway, but he has this, and then like he comes back and he like can see all the code and he's like, oh, and he's like, I slow down the bullets. I do this. He's like pucking a bullet out of the sky. Meanwhile, these things are ripping through the shit. It's like, Neo, we don't have time. Hurry up. Hurry up. Stop it. I'm like, that's what I put. I'm like, they don't have time for your shit, Neo. And then like a second later, I'm like, not at all. Cause like literally one's ripping through the ship and he's just like, oh, I'm touching a bullet. Oh, I'm, I'm just like one arm fighting off an agent. I'm like, just kill him. And be done with it, Neo, because they don't have time. But Pick up the he, phone! He doesn't know that that's what's going on, though. So. If he's the one, he mm. should know. <laughs> so maybe Steve is right. He's not the one. Yeah. I mean, that, that because like they say, in this, uh, in, like obviously we're now getting into the sequels kind of territory from that lore, but like the architect in the end of two basically says like he's, he's the leftover of an anomaly in the code of the Matrix. So yes, and there's a balance to it. There's there's Smith and then there's the one on both sides of the, of the coin. But if you think about it, technically like he was, it was, the one was supposed to be destined to end the Matrix. But in reality, it was Smith that technically ended the Matrix by basically taking it over. So like he... I don't know. I don't want to get like super, super deep because it, again, that it kind of deals with sequel territory. And I know that people don't necessarily like the sequels that we're only talking about the first one, but that's like, if you watch the se- the sequels as a whole, like as a, as a story as a whole, like in conjunction with the first one, you really start to see like how like rich that story is. And regardless of what you feel about the, it doesn't make sense for certain aspects of uh, certain story points in the, in the sequels. I think still, 
Like there's so much to get out of it. And if it's like you really kind of dig deep into it, which is what the like filmmakers wanted you to do is you wanted to, it was meant to re- like watch repeatedly. So you can be able to get more out of it and get more like uh, into the story. Like I, I, I find I learn more from this movie and from this series than I ever do when I'm watching Star Wars or when I'm watching Lord of the Rings. There's so, there's so much, like I said, there's so many layers to these movies and I, yes, I, I, if I had to choose, I'd say the first one would definitely probably be my favorite of the three, but I still like them as a whole. Well, I, I feel like, Steve, that you've just inadvertently invited yourself back for when we do episodes about the second yeah. and third movie. <laughs> I have only seen each of the sequels once. Ooh. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Like, I kid you not, I saw them when they came out, saw them both in theaters, and then haven't seen them since. Okay. Because I've seen the other two a couple times, not as much as I've seen the first one. But ah. yeah, so I, th- I feel like those would be, and I know for a fact that they meet our criteria. They, I remember they were, despite the fact what critically people thought of those movies, they were box office successes. So we'll, we'll have you back at some point to talk yes. about those movies, Steve. But speaking of critics, because I feel like we could go on for a very oh, long for time. Sure. And <laughs> yeah. I feel like. Time is getting low here. So this is a, another, as I'm sure we expected, critically, this movie very well received at the time for being so different. Uh, it holds an 88% critical approval rate on Rotten Tomatoes and 85% audience score, which I was surprised the audience score wasn't higher, to be honest. I figured it was going to be around like 90, but 85 is still exceptional, mm-hmm. really. David Denby of The New Yorker. I really loved his review because I feel like it summed up kind of how I felt. The movie is nonsense, but it does achieve a brazenly chic, high style, black on black, airborne, spasmodic. Like, <laughs> wow. I just like... Yeah, I dig it. Uh, Roger Ebert, he praised the uh, the film's visual and premise, but he did dislike the uh, third act's focus on action, which I'm kind of like, really? Is that the best part? Mm. And honestly, the reviews are, like I said, 88% positive. Like they're even the ones that were like slightly critical overall are positive. The real criticism is for the lack of emotion, which I think we touched on with like trinity's you know princess in a castle much waiting for the one we don't see much of the emotional growth in this one like it does get into the philosophy of being woke and stuff and i think almost inadvertently but the real emotion doesn't come through as much as like the action and philosophy part of the movie yeah you know what it sounds like you've just rolled right into your your talk about your rating do you want to just hit us first yeah I give it a double butter. I had a ton of fun watching it. Uh, I was really glad we got to watch it again. As we talked about for, I would say, much longer than we normally talk about a movie, too. Like, I, I had a great time talking about it. Like, taking, I talk, took tons of notes. We barely had time to even touch on most of what I wrote down because I was just like, I was enthralled the whole way through. It's a fun movie, and it's so different than most other movies i've seen even now like as much as it's like a lot there's a lot of clones with the bullet time and everything like that realistically this movie does kind of stand on a in a league of its own mm-hmm. definitely definitely steve normally the guest goes first but since we're sorry always, no it's, I, fine. it's all right it's you fine. you I, what you said basically was like man i mean i feel like you should just give your rating now so but uh steve uh, what what did you think i feel like you're, you're going to be on the same page though yeah, so this, similar to Laura, I think it's like there's so much more uh, th- this movie than it, it takes more than one viewing to really like in- enjoy it and get to uh, know a lot more about the movie. Like it's it literally is kind of that perfect like the metaphor of the movie. It's like when you jump down the rabbit hole uh, and see how far it goes. Like you really get to like once you kind of dive deep down into it. There's just it just constantly like there's no bottom in sight. And I, I would say. 
there's just so much of it that like it does stand out on its own and it does still stand the test of time even 20 years later with even its outdated like cell phone technology or whichever it like even more so now even knowing kind of like what like and how advanced we are technology wise today it still feels like that it's a futuristic kind of film and it has that kind of aesthetic that it like it, it, it like it doesn't sort of seem like it's modern technology anymore it just sort of seems like it's its own little world which is exactly what this movie is so if i had to give it a rating i would definitely give it a uh double butter uh with m&ms oh <laughs> fancy uh, everybody always likes to get fancy i like it i'm on board <laughs> all right well for me, it's actually I just want to just jump on to what you just said because I, I I wrote this down and we we never got into it. Was at first while I was watching the movie, I'm like the cell phone technology and the old internet kind of dates it, but at the same time, the way the movie is presented with its premise, it undates it because they specifically say this is a simulation of this point in time. They're mm-hmm. not trying to pass it off as like, oh, this could be any time. They are specifically saying it is this year, that's why it's like this. Yep. And then when you go into the future scenes, then it's crazy like everything's nuts, right? Like it's super futuristic and stuff. So, there's nothing in the movie that that really dates it when you look at it through that frame. Mm-hmm. So, I thought that that the same thing, exactly what you said. I'm like, oh, it's dated. Oh, but it's not dated kind of a thing. My only issue that I have with the movie is a now issue and not a then issue. And and I found the same thing when we talked about Raiders of the Lost Ark is I am old now. And I felt that the movie was a little long by the end because it was like, <laughs> come on, I need to go to it. bed. I get it. 100% <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, there's no, at, at no point was I like, stop the movie i want to get off but i was like okay it's getting i'm getting tired i know there's still movie though you know like yeah there was no point of me where like i'm bored by any of this but it was like i need to finish the movie that said i i still think the movie is great the effects are fantastic the fight scenes still kick ass like nobody's business so this is 100 percent another double butter for me yay awesome so we're all in agreement there we're so happy that you were able to join us for this, Steve. Hell yeah! And uh, just just real quick before we finish up, I want to I want to give us a plug. Tell everybody <laughs> where you are. Where where can they find you? What what's your deal? I, I mentioned off the top. You talk about game accessibility. Give us give us your whole spiel. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm an accessibility advocate and consultant uh, in the video game industry. I've as of this recording, I've I've consulted with Ubisoft, EA, and Naughty Dog for The Last of Us Part Two. I was one of the consultants brought in for for that. And essentially, like you can find me on Twitter at Steve Saylor, where essentially I talk about accessibility all the time. And if you want to be able to kind of follow along on some of the videos that I uh, create and kind of talk about more accessibility in detail, go to my uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash snowball. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us again, Steve. Both Laura and I are so happy that you were able to come back and yeah. do a podcast with us. And now you can go back to talking to all your famous friends that I'm super <laughs> jealous that you talk to. On a regular basis. Uh, so, so for this week's episode of Bird Popcorn, I am Mike. I'm Laura. And next week we will be talking about... Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Oh, awesome. Nice. Oh, you, you screwed it up. Party time. No, Excellent. Wayne's World. Excellent. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I, I tried am- to like hint at it by doing the Okay, well I feel like already we're off to a good start with that episode. So join us next week when we'll be talking about Wayne's World. Until then, we will see you guys again 
soon. Bye. Bye. But anyway, okay. I'm all good. Okay. Sorry. I'm going to edit all this crap out because I'm, yeah, I'm right. making your sometimes, job harder. Sometimes I got to make some great segues, you know, and this was a bad one. So. <laughs>